0: You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone going? Everyone, everyone doing this fine Thursday morning? We're recording this Wednesday night, but it's going to pop onto your your device here on Thursday morning and load it up that way. Um, one thing I want to tell you about, though, is, is please look for your NF- Locked On NFL podcast on a brand new podcasting app called Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And when you get in your car, do your do me a favor and tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked On NFL. So look into Himalaya, really good stuff. Um, as I have been talking telling you this week, and as usual, Mike Sando is joining us on Thursday. Mike, how are you?
0: I am doing well. It was nice to get those off-season grades done. It's a yeah. it's a big heavy lift, but it feels good when you get that get that done and you sit back and we can talk about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely that's what we're going to talk about. And correct me if I'm wrong, but last week we talked about seven that you kind of previewed and it looked like you tweaked those seven teams. I'm going to try to avoid them. And now all 32 are available on ESPN.com, correct?
0: Yep, they're all there. So, uh i I said you know come for the grades and stay for the commentary
1: (laughs) nice i like it um i did read the whole article of course and i gotta say you're kind of a tough grader
0: i felt that way too now no you know me matt i'm i'm not only self-scouting but i i tracked what the grades were and i assigned a number to every possible grade like a one is an a plus you know a two is a is an A a three is an A minus and my average grade was right between a B minus and a C plus so I'm with you mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just the the reporter in me that says hey you know well, let's 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 be fair but let's not be overly nice I mean it's an, an average off season isn't a bad off season is it
1: Right right I hear you I mean it's not like boy I got a C plus my mom's going to be mad at me, I'm going to get grounded, like, you know, necessarily. A, I did hear from a visit. couple
0: guys, though, who were like, hey, can you get some guys to say some better stuff about us? I mean, come on. <laughs> right, we're, a lot of people read this you know, stuff. Right. Jeez. Uh, I, we, I can imagine. You know. yeah,
1: um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm going to keep on that trend, and I'm going to take issue with you, because one that I would have had higher that did get a C-plus is the Green Bay Packers. And Williamson's criticism of the Packers off season would be, boy, couldn't he got more receiving help for Rodgers? But why I have issue with a C-plus is I think it's the most improved defense in the league. I think it kind of shows that all those young receivers, or at least a few of them, that they invested in last year, they have some hope for. And, oh, by the way, they had a new coach and a new scheme, which I think is helpful, too. Yep. So,
0: my... Uh, r- the reason I wasn't higher, and we can debate, I mean, maybe it should have mm-hmm. been a B-, minus. but I, the reason I why I wasn't like B plus A
1: Can I stop was... you real quick just before we get yep. rolling, because I meant to ask you this earlier. I, it's funny, because I've been doing Pittsburgh Radio forever, and they're one of the more boring teams, and they always ask me after the draft, give me a grade on the Steelers draft, and I always say, it's a B, and it'll be a B next year, and they pick late, and they always do well, but they don't blow your yeah. socks off. Like, is it easy to fall into Let's just give him a B mentality.
0: Yeah, it was. I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. And so it's funny. I'll give a little insight. You know, when Mel Kuyper comes out with his draft grades like this year, people were like, God, they're all so positive. And Mel's thing is like, well, people have gotten really good at the draft process. You know, people aren't just absolutely making mistakes. We can debate whether you know, this guy is going to be a good player, but that we don't know that for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. So what we look at the process, most teams have kind of are doing a pretty good job. And so, you know, Mel ended up probably giving, looking like higher grades. I feel like the off season is, um, I mean, it's tough. It's, it's tougher, but you get into free agency and you always overpay. Yeah. Right. So much stuff, so much stuff during the off season gets done for the wrong reasons. I feel like in the draft, it's a, yes, some things get done for the wrong reasons, but for the most part, hey, we have some needs here, and we're going to try to pick the best player available that at least addresses one of those needs.
1: Okay, I think and it's hard.
0: fairly straightforward. At the end of the draft, hey, you know what? The, uh, the Falcons got offensive linemen. The Vikings, you know, the Saints took a center. Oh well, jeez, Max Unger retired, right? Was he just happened to be the top guy on their board? No, but he was highly rated. They traded a the position. To me, it's a little more straightforward. In the offseason, you have people saying, you know what? I think I'm going to pay C.J. Mosley $17 million a year. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, you, you know what I mean? It
0: makes no sense.
1: Yeah, and, and I think some so, of it is because I think you do a year's – well, Not, not. I'm going to avoid that. I, I think some of it is because – boy, we have all these players to pick from in the draft. We know where our draft slot's going to be. And I was going to bring up the Jets. They're not on my list, but they got a bad grade from you. And since we're going down that road, I can see why you would, because it's almost like the Jets decided they're going to spend in free agency. So, damn it, we're going to. And yeah. maybe that means Anthony Barr, who they didn't get, and Bell, who there's you know controversy around, and Mosley, who you mentioned, who can't live up to that contract. And I can see where you'd say, let's give a team like that a poor grade. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yep, absolutely. So, like, I was on Cleveland
0: radio today, and they were like, hey, we got, like, a similar grade to uh, the Bengals, but weren't we active doing a bunch of great stuff? And they were kind of boring. And I said, yeah. What I told them was, I spent 99.999% gathering the analysis, and and then I spent 0.1% on putting what the letter grade is. So... <laughs> I, I don't want to get overly yeah, yeah, hung yeah. up on what the letter grade is because it's my least favorite part. I mean, you got to put something on there, but the reason I'm the reason I was saying I'm not over the top on Green Bay, I agree with you on some of that stuff. I just feel like they didn't do anything offensively. I think one of the great comments in there was, "What are the odds that you hire a new coach with a new offensive scheme and all the guys already there just fit it perfectly?" And so I have questions about Matt LaFleur as the head coach of the Packers. Nothing against him. He should have turned down you know, the though. job and said, I need a little bit more time to develop into this. But they're basically saying Mike McCarthy was the whole problem. And you know what? We're going to hire Matt LaFleur. What are the credentials? So like, done much when lately, th- right. when I think of when Brett Favre had Mike Holmgren, Mike Holmgren was big time, commanded the room, okay? I covered him for nine years. He's absolutely a leader, great play caller, one of the best ever. And there's no question was in charge. And if Brett Favre um, gets a little sideways, Mike Holmgren's got no problem staring him down and telling him how we're going to do things in Green Bay. What happened when Holmgren left? They hired... A good coach, Ray Rhodes, but he wasn't the guy who could grab the quarterback. And Brett Favre went off the rails, right? So what is Aaron Rodgers right now? Is it really all McCarthy's fault? Or could Aaron Rodgers use someone to come in and say, hey, you know what? You're amazing. You're great. But we're going to do it this way because, um, you know what? I've worked with these two Hall of Famers. And this is what it's, this is what it's going to take. This is what it's going to take for you to do your part. And I feel like they don't have that. And I feel like what they have is a much more established, stronger personality D coordinator. And oh, by the way, we're just going to spend all our money on defense and all and our draft picks on defense, too. So I just am not going to buy the idea that it was all McCarthy and that Lafleur comes in and fixes it, and everything's fine on offense. We'll see. It could be, because Rodgers is so great. That's sort of one of the reasons why I wasn't over-the-top excited. What, what do you think of that?
1: I think that's a strong rebuttal by you, Mr. San- Mr. Sando. I, I can't argue that, and trust me, I've been critical of the Browns and the Packers. Not that they made a bad hire. I guess I'm not critical, it's just... It's not exactly Bill Parcells walking in there, like you said, you know, and just saying things go. There's a lot of big personalities. Cleveland really comes to mind. And now there's expectations managing Rodgers in Green Bay is a first time head coach swing a big enough stick to deal with that. But I do think the yep. defense getting better is very intriguing to me.
0: I agree. Yep, I, I do agree. And so let's just say their defense goes to. 12th in the
1: league Mm -hmm. instead
0: of 22nd or whatever they were, you know, or 30, like they've been probably some years, then you have a healthy Rogers and maybe you're right back in the championship game. So that happens great for them. It could happen. I wouldn't want to bet too hard against it, um, but that was the reasoning why they didn't have a higher grade on them. And, you know, I think you make fair points.
1: Yeah. Um, From what I noticed, just scanning your grades, and again, I paid, kind of like you, I probably paid 1% attention to the letter grade and more to the the, the content of it all. But I think the Colts got your best grade. Does that sound correct to you? Yeah, I think they did. I have no qualms with that. I wanted to fight with you with Green Bay, but we kind of came to a conclusion there. I'm with you on the Colts. I just love that... They're playing it slow, you know they're not they didn't rush into free agency. they weren't the Jets, even though they had basically the same amount to spend, trade down, get second round picks, get future picks, lines in place. I just like the slow build here from the ground up,
0: just doing things for the right reasons, you yeah, know, just because well you
1: have just because
0: you have money in your pocket. Doesn't mean you should go spend it, right? We all know that in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you you came into some money doesn't mean you should go buy a bunch of lottery tickets with it or have a great party, right? And buy a Lamborghini now, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> buy a Lamborghini. So, and one of the points I've raised in some of these other off-season pieces is the problem of doing it the Jets way, where you um, you know basically say you're going to spend money in free agency, is then you're dependent on what's available in free agency. Well, guess yes. what? All the top pass rushers, quarterbacks, corners, they're all signed. I mean, those guys aren't hitting the market. So, what do you do? You end up paying top of the market money for linebackers and running backs. Well, no one in their right, Mike McHagan would never say in his interview four years ago, you know what, I think we ought to do is really pay an inside linebacker and a running back. He doesn't believe that. Of course. Right? right. I mean, he knows how to build a team it's better like than the that, highest but paid that,
1: players at their position.
0: Yeah, but that's the position you get yourself into when you have to go upgrade your team and make a splash in free agency. And I just like the fact that um, the Colts aren't doing that. Now, every team's different too. Maybe, you know, McCagnan and those guys were under mandate from ownership. We gotta we, we yeah. gotta we gotta make a splash and, and turn this thing around. Yeah, maybe Chris Ballard has earned enough trust with uh, Jim Ursay where Ursay's like, even though Ursay's instinct, who knows, maybe to Let's go get some shiny new toys. Hey, trust me. Let's stick to the process. You know, it could be easier to do that in Indy, but the bottom line is, Indy did it, and and they've done it throughout the process. You know, I think you, I think the last two years for sure they've done it. Um, you know, and it, and it's it's worked well for them. They were, they were even patient with Andrew Luck coming back, right? They weren't rushing. Oh them. yeah, right. And it was driving everybody crazy, but. They were patient um, with a second coaching hire a year ago. <laughs> you
1: know what I mean? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, patient with a second coaching hire. Patient with Pagano the first year, right? They didn't fire him right away. So there's just a deliberate discipline to what they do. And, and, you know, they've also picked some pretty good players. But uh, I think pretty quickly they've become a team that went from maybe having a bottom five or ten roster to,
1: you know, maybe moving into that top ten rosters, getting close to it. And what I like about it is I think it's built for the long haul. It's not... I remember your Browns conversation is this could be fleeting, you know, like I think the Colts, assuming they continue to build by, you know, get the right players. Of course, if you don't draft well, none of this matters, but setting themselves up to if you miss on a second round or so, be it with three of them, you know, that it it would take a lot to derail this Titanic, you know?
0: Yep, absolutely. And and, uh, so that's why they got the
1: highest grade. Who else was interesting to you? Uh, a couple else I want to tell you guys real quick about Grip6 Belts. Today's show is brought to you by Grip6. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it's great Father's Day gift to go after. Grip6 has a special offer for you at Grip6.com slash Lock, L-O-K-E. We'll be back here in one second. I got a lot more to talk about. All right, we are back. And a team I thought you were, again, a little too harsh on, just got to see, <laughs> is the Patriots. And... In some regards, I'm not blaming you of this, but I think a lot of people say, it's funny, I was on the air today, and we were talking about the Rams for whatever reason, and it's like, okay, they added Weddle and Matthews, and my host and I, co-host and I were saying, boy, I don't know that those guys, you're going to get much out of them, there's more name brand than ever, and then I just countered and threw it out there, It's like, close your eyes and picture a world where the Patriots signed Weddle and Matthews, we'd be like, Wow. They're going to turn them into superstars. You know, like there's a lot of perception (laughs) that what they do turns to gold. But my where I'm standing on the Patriots is I just thought it was a lot of young rookies flooding this team that has an older core that I like a lot. I like that situation.
0: Interesting. So for, for
1: part of me was. I think it was a
0: little bit of a tough um off season from a staffing standpoint, right? They True. they lost some guys, you can't always control that. But then they bring in Shiano and then he leaves. I, I you know, that took him down a half a tick for me. I didn't probably take them down because their owner did that thing down there. But I just thought it would just sort of put the you know, put the spoiled cherry on top a little bit. It, it, that was not a good thing. They yeah. can you know, it's
1: and then do you hold Brock you know, against them heavy or not
0: heavy? really? I mean, right. it, but it
1: but it's just sort of like
0: If you're gonna have a check check marks, uh, if you're gonna have boxes of like what you know columns, what went well, what went poorly, right? To me, the poorly is defense, you know, staff leaving, Shiana leaving, craft issue, Gronk uh, leaving, um, and that that may be the extent of it. On the on the positive side, you say, well, they got Michael Bennett. I thought that was a nice move for them. Sure. Um, You know, they were able to resign. you know, a couple of their guys, I guess their
1: kicker, the, the wide receiver, I Durs- Philip Dorsett. Um, but... I mean, they have some interesting... They have some name-brand guys. Bennett, Demarius Thomas, Benjamin Watson, who since got yeah. suspended. Safarian Jenkins, yeah. Jamie Collins. Like, are any of those guys going to be studs? Yeah. I think Bennett might be, but the rest of them, probably best days are behind them. But I bet they use them pretty yeah. well. Part of me, too, on these was like... Uh, it's funny,
0: I was... I live in Seattle area so I went out to their practice today and uh you know, I was talking to someone else about okay, how do you do this? And part of me is like, Okay, do I feel like you know, do I feel like your team's better? That's sort of part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I feel like um you know, when I was talking about Seattle, it was like, uh, are you better without Frank Clark? Are you better without Baldwin? Yeah. You know? And so with <laughs> right, with right. you know, they, they, they love their young guys, but you know, we gotta see it. And so with the Patriots I felt like are you better without Flores? Are you better, you know, with Shiano leaving? Are you better with Gronk going? I mean, flowers. they did some things to try yeah. to recover from it. Yeah, Flowers, which I wouldn't have paid Flowers that. No, but, right, right. I think that's a uh, bad probably. move for the Lions to do that. But It probably is, but they're in a different situation too, you know. So um, it's easy for us to say they shouldn't make a splash when the clock's checking on those guys. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So um, all these owners and everybody and GMs are dealing with different set of circumstances. But, But I just... I thought it was sort of an average offseason. I, I don't think anyone, I don't, I don't think, you're not really saying, wow, what a great off season for the Patriots. I mean, you wouldn't be saying that, would you? Mm-mm.
1: No, and I never
0: do, and then they always win the Super yeah. Bowl. <laughs> I just, you know what I should do next time I do? Because maybe I was just a little sour on these grades. The teacher was a little sour. No one left an apple on my desk. It was a bad Maybe day, I yeah. should have just moved every grade up half a notch so the C-pluses became B-minus. Because what I'm finding is, People just can't take the criticism, you know. We have a sensitive generation of <laughs> uh, podcast hosts and GMs out there. They just don't want to hear that it wasn't all great. And I think that's another part of this. Man, I'm am kidding, but like everyone feels like they did good, did well, and everyone feels great about their guys right now. Like we, you know, we had a good off season, and you know, maybe, maybe, you know, the Grinch here. Uh, Sandoz is coming and say, all right, guys, don't get that excited, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me, like, you take that test on Friday and we'd like, come home and, Mom, I killed it. I did really well. And then it's an essay <laughs> test and there's a lot more red ink on my paper than I expected. I thought I was <laughs> yeah, spinning totally. words of genius, you know, and the yeah, teacher didn't yeah. quite see it that way, and my buddy who thought the same thing got a B-2. It's like, hmm. But That's also something. along those lines, you said something a couple minutes ago about you know, are you better? You know, and I do think this time of year is misleading because really everyone's better. You know, everything's going to yeah. happen from how on basically bad. You know, like, <laughs> it, it's almost like, are you better than your neighbor? You know, who got yeah. more better? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Everybody should so. be better right now. This is the best your roster should look.
0: Yep. And I'm not going to argue. What, if I gave them a C, you want to make him a B, you know, we can debate it. But I think we feel somewhat similar. You know, I'm not saying that they're doomed or anything.
1: Mm-hmm. The, this one's really interesting to me. Because it isn't interesting. And I mean that as a huge compliment. The Cowboys get a B. And to yeah. me, I love that. I want I want the Cowboys to get a B. I want them not to do crazy things. And I think they're really become interesting for being for reeling it in lately. You know, against the Joneses you know, yeah. at least Jerry's you know, history is, is Sonny Jones starting to, you know, reel in the dad a little bit, is they they're, yeah, they're building from within. The defense is all self, you know, all drafted Cowboys. The Cooper trade's great, but they're not doing much, and I think it's the right way to ato- attack this.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it does. I, I think Stephen Jones probably has been a, a good influence, you know, um, and a nice balance there, and it, it does feel that way to me. It's funny, you know, 10 years ago, people thought the Redskins were crazy because they were always spending, and then, yeah, right. you know, a good five or six years went by without them doing much, and, and this year they obviously paid for Lennon Collins, but th- they haven't lived up to that old reputation, you know, and I think the Cowboys aren't Maybe these are, you know, in the Cowboys case, I think it's a, you know, maybe getting wiser to the ways um, of the offseason. It feels and that way. Yeah. And you know, they've hit, they've hit on some draft picks, right. You know, for a while, they built their Especially line, defense, they got the great yeah. back. Dak Jack Prescott, even though they wanted to Pax and Lynch, um, <laughs> shows you how hard it is <laughs>
1: right. to,
0: to find those guys. But I mean, they got a good, you know, pretty good quarterback, um, in a great round, great price. So, um, Yeah, I agree. And I I think, you know, one of the things I was looking at, too, was when Amari Cooper was on the field last year, Dak Prescott, 70-some percent completions, uh, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, triple-digit passer rating. All that stuff was way higher than when Cooper was off the field. So I'm a little optimistic. I kind of feel like, you know, rightfully so, Dak gets... You know, you know when I do my quarterback tiers thing, he's he's probably closer to the third tier than the second tier. And people look at Zeke and how they want to play and all that. And and I get it, but I think he's the type of guy who, um, you know, maybe maybe could have a big year this year um, if that's if what we're, we think we're seeing with Cooper. And you know, who knows? Maybe Witten comes back and gives him just a little bit. And uh, maybe Frederick you know. comes back
1: and they play the whole year without the league's best center.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. And and. Uh, you know, they, they lose Beasley, who I think had a great uh, rapport. But they added, they have a couple other slot receivers, too. And, you know, maybe Randall Cobb's healthy or, or whatever. And you you, uh, you, go, you go on about it. I, I think the glass could be half full there.
1: Yeah, um, and they won the division last year. I think people forget that. I mean, that's, yep. uh, I, think there's, uh, I feel like they're stable, and I trust them more than I have in recent years. Um, another quick break, guys, and another team I want to bring up that I think is really interesting here in a moment. Tampa Bay Bucks. I did A power ranks a week or so ago, and I had them right in the middle. I mean, I had them like it's the 15th best team in the league, and you gave them a B-. minus. Again, the grades aren't what I'm harping on here, but I love the coaching changes they made. Maybe Bulls yeah. more than Arians, but that's not a slight on Arians. I think they have okay. a lot of weapons, and I think the defense won't be vanilla and might not stink.
0: So tell you know, the one thing that concerned me defensively was just making the sort of conversion I know everyone's in a four man line sixty percent of the time with your nickel, but you know, when you kind of go to a, a more of a base thirty front, right? Is that a is that a hard transition to make personnel wise for a GM that's in his whatever year and facing a little bit of pressure potentially? Um how do you see that? Is that a good
1: Um I didn't look at it through that angle as much mm-hmm. as, and now that I am right off the top of my head I like Sue as a 3-4 end. I like Vea, who they drafted last year as a nose tackle, both of whom mm-hmm. aren't just pluggers and can do more than that. But the more that I was thinking of it was coverages. You know, in, instead of dropping yeah. into these base zones and knowing where everyone's going to be, and it's not like they run Tampa 2 every snap, but they've been pretty darn vanilla in the last 20 years. Yeah. Bowles is going to man coverage guys. He's going to create pressure through blitz. I, and they've drafted a ton of corners lately and now more man corners and zone. And I just think that it'll be a lot more aggressive and unpredictable. Yep.
0: Yep. And I see, I like the Arians higher and that's, that's sort of what I was thinking about when I was, you know, talking about green Bay, nothing against Matt LaFleur. He could be the next Vince Lombardi, but I feel like Mm -hmm. if Bruce Arians swaggered into town in green Bay, whoa. And then they did that stuff on defense you've got your leader, man, you, you you know what, let's just hop on Uncle Bruce's back, right? We're ready to go. And I feel a little bit that way with Tampa Bay. I think he's a great leader of your organization. You know, I think Dirk Cutter got the job because he was a, a good coordinator, right? He was a good offensive guy. I think Bruce Arians is getting the job. Yeah, he's that, but he's Bruce Arians, right? I mean, he just brings a swagger and a right. leadership and a confidence Respectability. and a tone for the whole building that I think is good. I, I sort of like the, the the veteran hire, like uh, you know, of a guy like that. Now, I'm not saying I like all the retread hires where we just go back to the same pool, but I think he's a dynamic leader of your team. It feels like his teams play better than they almost should. That you know that one of the things I pointed out in the in the piece was that hey, Janus Winston had a better year this year than Carson Palmer did the year before Bruce got him. So you know maybe they can get something out of Winston before it's too late too.
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like if anyone will, they have both have an aggressive mentality, no risk it, no biscuit. I don't think he'll kill Winston when he makes the bonehead interception that he shouldn't do, and hopefully he can still reel him in to some degree. There's a lot of weapons there, though, and I, I just think that they're... I don't trust the organization, but I like yeah. who's the top dog there now. Yeah, um, I feel better about their team after getting Bruce Arians. Yeah, agreed. Last team I want to bring up, and I don't know that you and I have even talked about in this off season. Because there hasn't been a lot of action because Mm they traded for Khalil Mack last year and didn't have early picks. But the Bears, Mark Schofield and I were talking about this yesterday, they worry me a little. Um, I just think the defense is highly, highly unlikely to keep up the extremely high level of play, especially the takeaways. You lose Amos, you lose Callahan, but more importantly you lose Fangio. I mean, that really scares me. And I'm a Pagano fan. Um, He was in, we were both with the Browns together. I just think a coordinator change and some scheme tweaks aren't great for that team. And I know there's a lot around Trubisky and I like what they did last year in that regard, including adding Montgomery, but I I still, I can see the bears coming back to earth a little bit.
0: Yeah. And I was a little bit. You know, I was a little bit skeptical last year. I, I didn't think they would be quite as good as they were. You have to give them credit. Um, you know, obviously the defense was great, and they they got efficient play out of Trubisky that I wasn't sure they were, were going to. Um, I feel like they're sort of the same team, but not quite as good coming back, trying to do it again after a season when they didn't really prove they could make a playoff push. You know, they lost at home to Philly. Um, so there's a little bit of pressure on, I think, Trubisky to get better and mm-hmm. to be able to shoulder more of the load. And look, having a having a Andy Reid acolyte and Matt Nagy who did some has done some good things is probably better than most teams have to bring along a Trubisky. So maybe they can do it. I think there's split opinions on Trubisky. Not everybody thinks he's got that ability. Some people do. And now we'll get to see. I, I would probably. Not bet against Nagy, uh, getting it out of him. But I feel like, you know, th- they could still be in a playoff game type situation where um, I'm not 100% convinced they're going to take the next step. They may not be quite quite as good as they were.
1: Yeah, and, and the last note on Trubisky is I'm more critical of him. I'm more skeptical of him than I am positive overall. But I really give the Bears credit for saying. I think they realize it takes a village to raise a quarterback.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It depends unless it's uh, an absolutely great talent, you know, who, who can lift everybody up. And those mm-hmm. are just few and far between. I think we all realized that Trubisky was a work in progress. He hadn't played much in college. And, right. And remember so, who he was um, coming out. Yeah. Remember who he was coming out, but yeah. um, you know, they, they showed with their defense, they can win with them. And I think he was better than I expected. And certainly his stats were better than I expected. So more power to them, but they're a little bit hamstring, you know, just kind of like what we saw what happen with Houston. You know, they made the big move up and then they weren't able to do their offensive line for like two years, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Why didn't you draft I, offensive
0: I, I, linemen? Well, we don't have any picks because we got one. picks right. we got this guy here who's winning the game for us,
1: right? <laughs> right. And we're still winning the division. <laughs> right. Leave us yeah. alone. So, yeah.
0: so for Chicago, I just feel like, like I was looking at that trade, that Mac trade, and I was like, God, they don't have a first next year either. And they've right. traded
1: up for Anthony yeah. Miller and Montgomery. And yeah. I mean, that, that's, it's a
0: tough way to keep doing business. It is. But when you're 14 and 34 as a GM, like Ryan Pace was, you got to do that. And he did it. You know, he made the most of that situation. Look, it didn't work for the first couple of years. They drafted Kevin White. He got hurt. You know, mm-hmm. it, they, they weren't descending. So you get into that situation and you do things that ideally you wouldn't do, but I think they did them as well as you could do them. Right. <laughs> tremendous yeah. pressure. And they went and got a coach. Uh, the coach is on the same page with the GM. You got a quarterback that just looks good enough, and you got a special defensive player, and you made the playoffs. And you became you became a, a good team. So yeah. um, they had know. such
1: an aggressive last offseason slash yeah. Khalil Mack trade. You can't do that the following year. Then you know, I mean, it nope. doesn't work that way.
0: You better you better have some draft picks. And you know, this year I think they drafted five players. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, you got to keep filling.
1: Yeah, absolutely, folks. That's a wrap. Mike, thanks so much, bud. This was a blast as always. Thank you. Absolutely, we will talk next week, folks. Over and out. And I'm going to bring someone from the Locked On Network in on Friday uh, to do some chatting with that. So over and out.